You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome one, welcome all. It is Tuesday, August the 8th at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. That is 8, 8 at 8, triple eights, as the cool kids like to say, which means we are live on the Blog on the Boys YouTube channel as well as the Blog on the Boys Twitch channel. Uh, we have moved our weekly roundtables to 8 p.m. Central Time, 9 p.m. Eastern, and 6 p.m. Pacific Time. For those of you watching in Oxnard every week, every Tuesday evening, we discuss the latest and greatest in the world of the Dallas Cowboys. I say we. My name is RJ Cho. You know me from all throughout the Blog on the Boys universe, the same place you know the three other horsemen who are joining me here tonight. If you are only listening, then this really isn't for you. But if you're watching, we're going to go in clockwise order. And we're going to start with Tony Catalina, who you hear on Mondays on First and Ten. You read him all throughout Blog of the Boys, as mentioned. And now at Pro Football Network, Tony Catalina, congratulations on the PFN gig. Uh, did you buy your wife a brand new Mercedes with the money that came in? <laughs> I think we're, I don't think that's coming just quite down the pipeline wow. just yet there. <laughs> wow. Uh, you wrote today uh, how to watch Hard Knocks, had all the relevant information that starts in an hour uh, in real time for us. So very excited to take, uh, check it out myself. Uh, Sean Martin is here. You hear, you hear his show after Tony's on Monday's Hidden Yardage with Mark Lane. Uh, you can also read him at Blog and the Boys. You can also uh, find many memories of him in my brain, at least. Sean, uh, it's a privilege to be uh, undertaking another Dallas Cowboy season with you. Yeah, as always, man. Uh, I'm hoping to bring some of the old throwback good vibes with getting a haircut and leading to a good time on the round table. I don't know how many Cowboys fans remember this at this point, but it used to be a legitimate thing. When you would get a haircut, really good things would happen for the Cowboys. I'm hoping the same, even though it is kind of making the Cowboy hat feel a little bit too big tonight. I guess I just need to let my hair grow back in to make this hat fit how it's supposed to again. But other than that, we're feeling good and uh, hoping to keep the haircut vibes going. Thanks for the throwback, uh, Sean. It was Cedric Thornton who the first time I tweeted, I was like, I'm getting my haircut, yeah. so some Cowboys news is going to happen. Cedric Thornton signed with the Cowboys, and then I don't remember who it was after that, but you're right. For a little while, it was a thing. Um, so it was, um, you know, I was a follic-inspiring sort of mascot for the Cowboys at that point in time. Uh, Chris Holling has chosen violence. If you're watching on the visual side of things, wearing a Swedish national team uh, soccer kit. They, of course, eliminated the women's national team here in the United States just a few days ago. So, Chris, I know you're back from Sweden, but what's up with the salt in the wound? What the hell? Hey, listen, you know, I also love America. You know, I'm a dual citizen, but I am happy. I'm happy that, you know, them losing. I'm happy that it happened to my other home in Sweden. And it was a really fun matchup. So, you were just there. Um, yeah. And actually, you were there uh, for the last few weeks when we debuted the new edition of the Riders Block on the Blog on the Boys podcast network. But today, Tuesday, August the 8th, you joined for the first time. Uh, you're now a regular on that show. So like I said, you can hear all three of these gentlemen all across the Blog on the Boys podcast network. You can read them at blogonthebois.com. Uh, Chris Caleb offers that it is just downright disrespectful of you. Uh, Sadika Charles uh, chimes in, says, at Blog of the Boys, RJ, how, I think that's how are you? I'm doing really well. Uh, it's nice to be back. I was in Oxnard, California last week with my friends from San Antonio Sports Star. Um, turns out you miss home a lot uh, when you're gone for a week. And I had done a lot of traveling, Chris. I think you know the feeling. Yes. Um, so we have uh, we have a lot to get to tonight. We're going to react to the first Dallas Cowboys depth chart of the season. 
Um, there's all this hullabaloo, uh, connect, connect, of course, for uh, my fellow Aggies about Leighton Vanderish playing the edge um, a little bit so far throughout camp. Sean, I know you and Mark touched on that on Hidden Yardage. Uh, we have a wide variety of things to get to, but more importantly than that, we have a, a game to get to at the end of this week on Saturday afternoon, the Dallas Cowboys will host the Jacksonville Jaguars at AT&T Stadium and then head back to Oxnard, California. Tony, do you know why? I do, but what's your best guess? as to why the Cowboys are doing it this way, heading to AT&T Stadium and treating it like a road game before going back to California. I mean, I don't really know. I mean, I'm sure you have it, like you said, but I think that's, for the travel purposes, I feel like that's a, a legitimate reason there. Sean, uh, I will tell you, so Chris and Tanya can cover up their ears, it is because next week um, there are Metallica concerts at AT&T Stadium on, I believe, Friday and Sunday. Um, so a little bit too logistic. Uh, logistical of a problem for the Cowboys. So um, does that make you upset with Metallica, Sean? Hey, I'm here for any good uh, AT&T mm. concerts. Everyone always just kind of pins me to, you know, want to go to the country shows, but I got a Springsteen uh, concert coming up later in the month I'll be at and, you know, some rock shows coming up. So, uh, yeah, if, if there's a good rock show getting in the way of Cowboys football or at least the logistics of how they're coming into the first game, then that's all good over here. Okay, well, fine. That's uh, that's fair. Um, okay, we're about to get started, but before we do, um, I don't even know what year this is, doing the roundtables um, at Blogging the Boys. It's at least third or fourth. Uh, every roundtable, of course, there is a winner. That's the way the roundtables tend to operate. And in the past, I have always tabulated my scorekeeping uh, in an incredibly democratic way. Um, off to the side here with uh, a piece of paper and a pen. Gone are those days. We're not doing that anymore. From now on, we'll be continually updating the score on the screen as we roll throughout the night so everyone can have an understanding of where they lie in the competition at that moment. Chris, as you can see, zeros across the board. Uh, who do you anticipate? Actually, I want to know who do you think takes home the gold, the silver, and the bronze tonight? What is the place of finishing that you all three will be in? Well, the gold will be going to me, like, you know, like kind of like my kit that I have on right now. Mm. Um, silver, I'm going to give it to Tony and, and uh, bronze. I'm giving to Sean. I'm sorry, Sean. Uh, well, that is uh, the way things currently stand based off of uh, what Chris just said. He's handed out a few points um, effectively. Uh, Caleb says, dang, BTB tech update. LOL. It's not so much a tech update. It's just it's actually a bit of a lazier option for me. Then I don't have to do the math like at the very end. Uh, so Chris is out to an early lead here on uh, this week's round table. Let's get to it. The Dallas Cowboys did release their first depth chart of the season on Monday afternoon. Tony Catalina, this is, of course, unofficial. That word bears repeating several different times. Um, I think if you look at the Atlanta Falcons depth chart as an example, Bijan Robinson is currently third at the running back position. So there is a little bit of eye rolling involved here. But that being said, what is your biggest takeaway from what the Dallas Cowboys have put out for all of us to assess? You know, um, kind of looking over, it's it's interesting because I know there's a lot of people within the fan base that have difference of opinion opinion about the running back position. So um, seeing that Rico Dottle is in the lead, if you kind of read through the tea leaves a little bit with what Mike McCarthy and some of the staff is saying to the media, like that seems to be the way it's leaning. But I mean, if you look to our show and a lot of different shows and people who cover the Cowboys, I think most people are ready to give Malik Davis the job. So I think, you know, seeing that and kind of confirming what you're hearing is intriguing. I don't know if it's surprising to me, but it, it definitely one of the first things that caught my eye. Sean, I saw Jeff Cavanaugh from 97.1 The Freak um, have a sarcastic tweet today on Tuesday about how there's no way Deuce Vaughn is RB5 on the Cowboys, which is where he's currently listed. Um, again, just to kind of, you know, poke a little bit of fun um, at the depth chart. But um, do you 
take any stock in what Tony is saying that maybe Rico Dowdle does have the inside track, so to speak, uh, over Malik Davis. Um, I know Tony has somebody or was is somebody who believed in Rico a year ago. Obviously, the injury was was part of the formula and everything that went into last year. But um, I guess who who are you ready to crown behind Tony Pollard, Sean? Yeah, I think we're still relatively early enough in the process where you know some experience pays off. So I think Dowdle having that. That experience edge is just helping him here, but he still has a long way to go to really fully hold down that spot. I have been interested to hear, you know, everybody from Brian Schottenheimer to Mike McCarthy to even Jerry said that they plan on using the backs in the passing game more. So that's going to be a big factor to who ultimately wins this job. And that's why I do think Davis can surpass Dowdle and make that impact that we all want to see from him and make that year two leap that, uh, you know, Tony's been calling for and all that. So, yeah, I do like that Dowdle has the inside track right now just because they're going with experience. They're seeing that he can be a legitimate player if you need you know, someone to step up with an injury or anything that may happen to either Tony Pollard or Malik Davis. But yeah, at some point, I think this will flip and you'll see Pollard. And then in that two spot, it should be Malik Davis. Uh, Chris, it does feel like we've sort of um, gotten rid of a lot of the like um, sort of fatty storylines running the Cowboys, like Mike McCarthy's run the damn ball thing, the Dak Trayvon argument you know, thing, whatever the one kind of like, you know, thing that's still hovering um, has to do with the Cowboys bringing back Zeke Elliott. It feels like every, you know, day, every other day, there's some sort of report or rumor connecting him to them. Um, and Kevin offers in the comment section, my takeaway looking at RB two and three tells me we need to re-sign Zeke. So Kevin, Chris is saying to hell with Rico Dowdle, to hell with Malik Davis. I want Zeke Elliott to be RB two on this team. Do you feel that way? Even 1%. <sighs> Probably not. No, I just think that it's time to kind of move on and kind of let that ship sail. Um, unless Zeke is very committed to playing that really goal line back and come in for pass protection. But, you know, like I think that that would be a very big, you know, pride thing that you'd have to like set aside going back to the team that released you and then like really set yourself up for being that secondary role behind Tony Pollard. I think it's better for Zeke to just kind of go to the Patriots or go to, um, a, a, a different team that where I think he can be utilized more and that he should be utilized more. So I think that we should kind of just stick with what we got. So um, I think that's well said, Chris. And I think we all agree with you. In fact, I think I would honestly say like in a random room, 97 out of a hundred people agree with you. There's just, those three are very loud. And so that's kind of what, what you know, how this conversation tends to unfold. Uh, Rick Ursulani says Jalen Brooks over Simi Fahoko at current or present time, Simi Fahoko is ahead of Jalen Brooks, at least on this depth chart. Uh, but this does kind of take us into a, a subject that I didn't prep y'all for, but, you know, there, there is a, a prize. So you've got to be ready to adjust. Uh, so that being said, how many wide receivers are you carrying and who are they? Chris, I'll start with you because you literally wrote about this yeah. on Monday at the site. You're carrying six receivers. Yes. Uh, we I think we all agree who the top four is. We don't, nobody has to rehash this. We have CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Brandon Cooks, Jalen Tolbert has slid in. I think we're yes. all willing to give Kevontae Turpin a spot, whether you factor in his special teams contribution or not. That is five. Your sixth, Chris Halling, is Jalen Brooks, not Jalen Moreno Cropper, not Simi Fajoko. Yeah, it's Jalen Brooks. And it's not just because I'm biased. You know, I did go to high school with him and, you know, I'm a big fan of the guy and I, and um, it's awesome seeing him do what he's doing in camp. But 
I definitely do believe that he's just really impressing in training camp so far. I think Simi kind of came in with some high expectations because there was a lot of talk over this offseason about him kind of developing a connection with Dak and really ready to take that next step. But from everything I'm seeing, Jalen Brooks has been outperforming him. He's coming down with great catches and he's really running some um, crisp routes in training camp. And and um, he's doing great work on special teams too and the special teams reps that he's had. And that's a big um, key thing that the um, Cowboys look for when they go deep into that depth chart. So right now, I think the nod goes to Jalen Brooks. I think that there's more time for maybe Simi to kind of, you know, take that next step in preseason. I think these preseason games are really going to have a big say in that. But as of right now, I think the trend should be Jalen Brooks. Sean, do you have any level of disagreement or are those your six outright? Yeah, I'm with you on Brooks. I've just never really got where the Simi Fajoko experiment is supposed to go. You know, like even looking at his college tape at Stanford, it was like kind of a, you know, in the body type of an inside type receiver, but they played him in both of the inside and the outside. The Cowboys are trying to make something of it on the outside, but, you know, speed kills in this game. Speed is important. And in every area where Fajoko hasn't separated, Jalen Brooks seems to be able to make that separation and stretch the field in a way that the Cowboys are really finally starting to value again. So just that alone might give the edge to Brooks. And of course he's, you know, the younger player on the better trajectory. So, I'm with you on potentially moving on from Fajoko in favor of one of these other more athletic, younger receivers. Uh, Tony, I'm going to change the question for you because you nodded a lot. So I think you agree with both Chris and, and Sean in terms of the six um, that, that we all think the Cowboys should carry. I agree with the three of you. Um, Kevin offers, has Tolbert shown he can play any special teams yet in camp? I didn't see Jalen Tolbert involved in any sort of special teams activities uh, during the week that I was there. Uh, Tony, are we ready to kind of graduate Tolbert to the level of like, it doesn't matter. Like, that's not what he's for. Like, he, he's an offensive player at this point in time. Yeah, I think that's kind of what the expectation and the hope is for, for Jalen Tolbert. And uh, ultimately, when you look, when you're carrying six wide receivers, and I think they, and I could be wrong, but I think they went into the, the initial 53 last year with like seven on the roster. So, you know. And, yeah, the, and then they stashed Gallup on the IR. Yeah, the yeah. yeah. So, like, having six or whatever, you know the bottom two are going to be special teams, like, for the most part. And I think that's what's so impressive about Jalen Brooks is, like, not only is he, like, a gamer and he's out there and he's gritty, but, you know, his special team work, I saw him do um, – you know, a gunner, a gunner rep against CJ Goodwin and, and, um, and boss man fat, you know, Kevin, Kelvin Joseph. So, um, for, <laughs> so for, so for him to kind of, you know, for him to do that, it's yeah. So beyond that, Jalen Tolbert, he is, you know, he's factored into this wide receiver group as, as a true wide receiver. I don't know if we need to see him. I think, I don't know if it's a myth, but there's a lot of people that say, why does he for four has to do special teams? And I don't know if that's necessarily the case anymore. Like it's, it's, it's good. It's a plus, but I don't think we need to see that. And he can still be a productive member of this offense. Caleb says a wide receiver room of Lamb, Cooks, Gallup, Tolbert, and Brooks. There's no Turpin listed there, but obviously is a night and day difference compared to last year's wide receiver room. Consider um, that Dennis Houston and Noah Brown were two of the three starting wide receivers for the Cowboys in week one uh, in the building that Sean Martin has. I was going to say, is your background, but no, you're we're there, Sean. Um, you're in the end zone uh, at AT&T Stadium. Uh, it's the proper time of day for that player. Uh, at least uh, Sadika agrees, as I say, six uh, CD, Cooks, MG, Tolbert, Brooks, and Turpin. Uh, so all that is um, pretty chalk at this point. Now, Kevin uh, says minus two, Tony. We heard the same thing about Tolbert last year, that he was ready to play. How did that work out? Uh, Tony, I'll let you answer after I deduct the points. Um, Tony, you had climbed all the way up to three points, Chris seven, um, but you both um, had some deducted from you. So, Tony, you currently sit at one, Sean three, Chris six. Uh, that being said, Tony, are you at all fearful that maybe we're taking the cheese on Jalen Tolbert for the second year in a row? 
No, because I, it just feels different. I think anybody who's been there and you physically have actually been there, I think the the, the conversation, the rhetoric around Jalen Tolbert is much different than it was last year. I think there was hope. I think people are excited about the fact that he was a third-round pick at an exciting position. They, they like the prospects of it. It didn't materialize, right? And, and everybody's owned that. Everyone knows. I mean, not nobody's been you know a bigger you know, deter of his game last year than me. So, but for him to come out here, put it all behind him, kind of have, you know, the blinders, a fresh start in year two, it's been about the tape. It's been about the film. Like he's just out there making plays. He's, he's much more confident. Um, and I, and I actually tweeted about it a couple of days ago, like Dak Prescott seemed to find him a lot. And I don't know if that's with point or if that's Dak Prescott trying to force feed him to feel, you know, have a connection, or if he's genuinely just earning those looks because there's the trust there and he's winning. So either way, Tolbert doesn't seem to be going away. And I don't know if we had this level of, you know, if we feel this good about him last year. So I don't think it's comparable. Um, I agree with you that at the very least, the opportunities will be there for Jalen Tolbert. That was one of my big takeaways from my week in Oxnard. Um, whether it translates remains to be seen. Um, this may all just be psychological, but our expectations of him are so radically different. A, a year ago, we, I mean, the Cowboys were dependent on him, you know, emerging as this like Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, almost level rookie. And it didn't happen. So it was like, oh man, what a loser. Like, I can't believe the Cowboys spent a third round pick on this dude. Um, I mean, just by the very nature of Brandon Cooks's acquisition and Michael Gallup's return from, you know, the torn ACL and the season that followed, um, you know, the pressure on him is, is much different. Uh, Brian, Tony has offered you five points because you agree. Everyone in all caps and Cowboys media is talking good things about Tolbert, and that wasn't happening last year. So an adjustment on the score uh, at this point in time, I'm doing my best to um, keep this as, as real time as possible this season. Uh, we have a tie in first place. Tony and Chris at six points. Sean, you are slacking. Um, you know, but I'll give you an opportunity right now, Sean, to um, kind of make your way back up here. If we pull the depth chart back up, you will notice that Leighton Vanderesh is, uh, you know, listed as a linebacker. But that's a lie because we have seen Leighton Vanderesh playing some edge so far throughout training camp. You and Mark Lane did discuss this on this week's episode of Hidden Yardage. Your thoughts, your takeaways. Do you think this is a real thing? Do you think this is something that we see throughout the regular season to a serious degree? Or is this just kind of training camp catnip? Yeah, let me give you another, you know, throwback to our old school days covering this team. You know, I thought we moved on from the whole, like, oh, we can't use this player and he's only a left end and, you know, we need a right end. Like, that was, that used to be how we have, how we had to talk about the positions on, particularly in the defense, offense, not so much, but, you know, defensively, that's how we discussed this team. Dan Quinn was supposed to be and has been to this point, you know, the counter to that. And he finds different ways to use players. This isn't exactly a brand new thing. Vanderest actually did play some edge last year, whether we remember it or not. We probably choose not to because he wasn't that great in that role. You know, if we can see that, Quinn sure can as well, which is what we talked about on Hidden Yardage. And, you know, it just gives him a different look. It's all about changing different looks. And if he's coming off the edge one snap, does that set you up to, you know, fake him off the edge the next and then have him drop into coverage and use it as some way to disguise a person dress or any number of things that you can give, a, you know, an offense to – have to account for another player lining up in multiple spots. Gives you an advantage. So that's what he's trying to do. Quinn is with Vander Espia. Overall, you know, the depth at the actual defensive end and defensive tackle spots for this team jumps off the page to the point where it would take a whole slew of injuries or something unforeseen to, um, you know, really have to take this seriously to the point of, like, is Vander Espia a needed option at edge? We're going to see a lot of Parsons and Sam Williams and Armstrong and Fowler and everybody else before it gets down to this point. But yeah, if it's something that they can use for a couple snaps to have an advantage, then 
we might see it still when we saw it last year and it's going to continue into this year it seems yeah chris um it's not like the cowboys have depth to play around with that linebacker uh so it's it's a kind of a matter of like well this is cool but like what the hell are you doing uh you know like if there's yeah. one person who you can't spare to utilize this way to sean's point to everyone's point i mean if we put the depth chart back on the screen for a second we can find 15 pass rushers it feels like on this team that we really like um so is this just you know playing around you think like do you put any stock into this at all um do you not want to see it at all like what are your thoughts I'm hoping that it's kind of just messing around in camp because I personally don't want to see that. I think that you're not utilizing Leighton to his strengths. I really think his biggest strength is his mind. And I think that he really does know how to run the defense. And I think he's that leader in the middle. And I don't love the depth behind him. I love um, seeing what I've seen from Damone Clark. But then you got Jabril Cox. And, and I feel like that experiment kind of hasn't panned out the way that we had hoped at this point. And, and um, like you said, we just have so many edge rushers. I don't really see the point in having Leighton at edge. We have so so many guys deeper in the roster who I think would probably be better at that position. However, I'm not going to overly critique Dan Quinn because, you know, he is this defensive guru who has really changed the culture on the defense in Dallas. So maybe he's putting him there for, for um, some specific schemes, maybe to fake out the offensive line and maybe have them questioning and second guessing the whole formation. But overall, I would like to not see that. I would like to have him continue playing linebacker. Tony, Kevin offers, if you give Leighton edge snaps, it is to help you move Parsons around without switching personnel to confuse an offense. Tony, I have zero interest in moving Parsons. M Micah is a pass rusher. I don't I don't want to drop Micah anywhere. Let Micah rush the passer 100% of the time. Yeah, and I but I think the, the way they can do that, you know, if he's, you know, over over center, if he's over the middle, like if they got th there's different ways to kind of get him to rush the passer from different unique vantage points. So I, I can understand why they would have a guy like Lane Vander Ash or Micah Parsons kind of be multiple is you don't want to kind of lock in and know where they're going to be every snap. I think it's part of Dan Quinn's creativity. It's year three where, OK, we've kind of put the principles in. We have guys in this room that understand what what the expectation is, what we're going to do. Let's turn it up a little bit when it comes of creativity because there's gonna be some some bad some bad packages here with some of these guys especially with uh some of these pass rushes like you mentioned and um you know being able to have a unit that looks like demarcus lawrence dante fowler you know mazi smith and micah parsons and just like it, it it's just it's so unique and i think right now this is what training camp's all about right we we see we see people talk about interceptions and and poor play and practice well you know, half the time we're just trying to figure things out anyway, right? So Leighton Van Rush, can he does he have a bag? Can he pass rush? Does he have the the bend? Does he have the ability to do so? Let, let's figure it out now instead of waiting until week one. Um okay, I think that's well said. By the way, on an injury front, uh Mozzie Smith had an MRI on Tuesday and there was a little bit of collective breath holding. Uh it was reported by the Dallas Morning News that all is well there. Tyler Biotish had a bit of a, an injury scare on Tuesday, but DallasCowboys.com reported that he's fine. And uh, David Durden, uh, Mr. Prospect X, has a concussion um, as a result of Tuesday's practice. He's not expected to play in Saturday's game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay, uh, let's see here. Kevin, I had the score tabulated, but Kevin says plus five, Tony. Exactly. You can bring Parsons on every snap and do it in a way where Parsons isn't in the same spot every play. A reminder to those of you who are watching live that your points are tabulated uh, and we're handing them out as we go along. So, Tony, you now have the lead. You have 12 points to Chris's eight. Sean, you are riding caboose uh, with seven points at this moment in time. Tony, as our point leader, you get to decide who wants or who's going to take the next question first. So be a little bit strategic here. If you want to go first, that's up to you. If you want to go last, that's up to you. Who's going up? 
Let's let's let Sean get a chance to try to come out of the cellar here. Okay, Sean, do we believe there is a competition brewing at QB2? The Cowboys did, of course, pay Cooper Rush this offseason. He went 4-1 and one last year. There were real people who have driver's licenses and put pants on in the morning that thought he should start over Dak Prescott. Uh, but, you know, in spite of all that, Will Greer has apparently closed the gap a little bit so far. He's gotten some work with the second team, uh, perhaps not enough to, to you know, leapfrog Cooper Rush quite yet, but we are about to begin preseason play on Saturday, which could change the calculus involved. That being said, do you believe that something is actually happening or do you believe this is all just fodder? Yeah, those people may have a driver's license, but uh, keep them off the roads, and <laughs> especially in Austin here, please. I, I would appreciate that. But no, I don't see much of a, a real competition here, you know, ever since the Vikings game. It almost feels a little bit archaic at this point to keep bringing up that game, but it really is a landmark thing for Cooper Russ to earn a lot of trust when he got that primetime win. It was just so foreign. You're saying that game fans, from two years ago, just, just to be clear, from 2021. Yeah. Right. As Cowboys fans, to see that happen with a backup quarterback, way different than what we were used to in the Brandon Wade and Matt Castle days that, you know, preceded it and everything like that. So that win, you know, it's not the only thing he's hanging his hat on though. Of course, what he did last year stacked right on top of it and you put all that together. And I think he's your bona fide QB two at this point. Chris. I definitely don't think that there's a competition. I understand that uh, Will Greer comes in and he kind of has like, I guess, like the more flashy kind of play style. People think about his playing days at West Virginia and how he was so great in college. And, you know, it's kind of like a sexier play. But at the end of the day, Cooper Rush is a winner and he's shown that in his time as a, a backup quarterback for the Cowboys, you know, the four and one record last year. I mean, he really I mean, he obviously is not a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. I think we can all agree with that, but he did exactly what you need from your backup quarterback and he kept the ship afloat. And I would go as far to say that Cooper Rush has proven that he's one of the better backup quarterbacks in the entire league, maybe not skill wise, but just being able to manage the game and being able to keep the team, you know, on the right path so i don't think that there should be any competition i'm happy that will greer is on the team i think that he can be a great qb3 even you know but at the end of the day uh cooper rush i think has solidified himself as a backup in dallas yeah mike mccarthy has often praised cooper rush's mental processing and kind of you know abilities in the classroom uh tony kevin has set you up a little bit here says greer is getting second team reps so the team can figure out if they want him at QB3 or want to move on at QB3 now, obviously the NFL uh, amended its rules uh, in many ways over the course of the offseason. Uh, QB3 is now sort of a like, you know, rainy day fund uh, for NFL teams, so to speak. And it does feel like Will Greer is going to kind of maybe make this team just because of that specific rule change. Yeah, so that, that kind of took the sting out of what I was going to say. It's it, Yeah, it's I think the, the competition isn't really there. It, it's fun to see if Will Greer can develop. And I think, there, I think the thing that hurts Will Greer the most is the fact that there's comfortability there, right? We saw, we know what we've seen from Cooper Rush, right? We, we've seen him do it. We've seen him go four and one. So there's value in that in understanding what you have at the QB2 position. Um, but like you said, all three of these guys are going to dress and, you know, be ready to go now with the new rule change. So it's, it's almost fruitful or fruitless to even talk about, but um, no, I think it's, it's, it is what it is. Like Will Greer has some talent. He has some intrigue. I think there is some things there. I was actually a kind of a a proponent for online where I'm like, Hey, like I I know last year there was conversations like, is this Will Greer? Is he going to win the job? And obviously what we'd seen transpire in 2022 changed all of that. Right. I mean, Cooper Rush did what we wanted and more and with his opportunities, but 
early in camp, I think probably about a year ago to this day, we were talking about how Will Greer was like QB two and he ended up fading out at the end. But up until this point, he was, he was decent last season. Mm. Um, let this be a lesson to everyone. Tony was strategic and let Sean go first. And Sean went out on the limb first, which awarded him more points than anybody else. We have a three-way gridlock right now, uh, 14 points apiece. All solid answers. But again, Sean just kind of you know got the most because he was first. So that was very generous of you, Tony. I know you did offer Sean the opportunity. Um, maybe maybe Tony's that confident. I respect that if that uh, that is the case. Um, we have two more questions that are going to kind of you know cover the rest of our show tonight. But before we get there, um, that sounded like a, it was a break, like a word from our sponsors. They don't have that. Um, but before we get there, Caleb has offered a question that I would like each of you to answer. Remember, points are being tabulated. What are some things that everyone is going to be looking for slash hoping for in the first preseason game coming up? Sean, you made the biggest climb after the last round, um, and I know that you wrote about this as well at the site. Um, so generally speaking, kind of keep it a one, maybe two things. We don't want to you know, have you take all eight and then Chris and Tony are left screwed. Uh, but so what are some things that you want to see on Saturday afternoon? Yeah, speaking of climbing, I, when this game is happening, I'll actually be somewhere on a mountain in Montana most likely, so... Uh... You know, I'll, I'll be sure to record it, catch up, and get my thoughts to Cowboys Nation as we always do. But uh, my co-host Mark kind of got on me for my pick to this question when we talked about it on our podcast. I said running back as my you know position to focus on, and he kind of said, "Well, that's the you know free space on the bingo board for this game, not really out of the box." But I know you don't scout to the level of you know who your opponent is in the preseason nearly as much as the regular season, but still, you look at the Jaguars game last year. Pollard had a second highest amount of carries of the whole regular season. Ezekiel Elliott was nicely rated, you know, at his average point of I think 16. So now you're probably playing this game without, you know, of course you're playing without Elliott. You're probably playing without Pollard. This is a good chance to see, you know, against a similar defense, the one you've already seen to some extent, what these running backs are actually going to be able to do. And we should know a lot more about the Rico Dowdle Malik Davis competition just after these four quarters. Okay, so you've taken. Running back, basically a wide net uh, to cast, but that's uh, that's the plant or the flag that you have planted, Sean. Chris, what are you going to be looking for on Saturday? I want to see the question marks on this team currently. I want to see how does Kelvin Joseph play. I want to see how does Jalen Tolbert play. I want to see how does Simi play. I want to see how Brandon Aubrey plays and even the offensive line. I want those guys because I mean it's fun to see your players play and like see you know like how they look after the offseason and everything. But we got some question marks on this really loaded team. I mean, I mean, yes, they aren't the make or break question marks outside of the kicker position. I think that that could be a make or break question mark. But is is Kelvin Joseph going to take that next leap that we want him to? Is Jalen Tolbert really going to make that next leap? I think we'll see some of that in this preseason game. And I'm honestly really excited and looking forward to see Jalen Brooks. I want to see if he can ride the momentum that he's been riding in training camp. And on the Riders block, I made my hot take of the preseason game that uh, he was going to score two touchdowns. I don't know if he'll really get two touchdowns, but it'd be really cool to see him get in the end zone at least once. That would be really awesome. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. When you need 
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tony, I tried to lay out the rules and tried to make sure nobody took a million things, but Chris just blew right past that. So uh, <laughs> good luck, uh, Tony Catalina. Uh, try to make it unique and original and interesting. Uh, what are you looking forward to on Saturday that isn't everything on the team? <laughs> I, I want to see these young camp stars and how they translate, right? I mean, there is some overlap with Chris in the sense that that Jalen Tolbert lumps into that, but I want to see Eric Scott Jr. What does he look like against a different, you know, a different team coming at him? I want to see Kevante Turpin in a, in, a, in a wide receiver role rather than special teams because it looks like they're going to let Deuce Vaughn take all of that take all the special teams reps. so and that and that brings Deuce Vaughn I want to see how's that 5-5 guy that everyone's excited about translate so there's some real guy this young intrigue there that people have been and, and then you know we we're just talking about Jalen Brooks like that's a guy who seems to be carving out a, a spot for himself in camp how does that look against you know a Jacksonville Jaguars secondary um so I, I think there is enough young guys here where I feel comfortable with the nucleus of this team. I don't really care. There's a lot of guys I hope we don't see at all. You know, there's a lot of stars that I know Jerry talking about Michael Gallup and these guys playing, and I'm like, I, I really don't want to see that. So as far as I'm concerned, give me all these young guys that we're really excited about and all these insiders videos that we're seeing in practice, and RJ was one of them last week. So um, when we see those guys, those are the guys I want to see and how they translate. Uh, so I will have you know, um, all of you, all these were great answers, by the way. Um, we've updated the score. Uh, Tony, 25 points. Sean, 23. Chris, 27. There was a lot of meat on that bone. Shout out to Joseph Randall. Obviously, super easy joke. Uh, but I wrote that or put that in before Kevin's comment. Kevin said, plus five, Tony. Kevin has been very generous to Tony tonight. 100% practice means nothing. How do they look in a game? Not buying practice hype anymore. Richard, Jim for what it's worth. This is really high scoring. We don't usually play this high scoring of a game. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, that being said, Tony has been given five points from the crowd. I will say, uh, you know, Chris, Sean, if I were you, I'd be a little bit upset because like at this a point, burger. yeah, at this point, I would say like half of Tony's points have come from the crowd. They're not even earned, um, you know, really in a literal sense. Um, you, you know, know but, Kevin's getting the gold medal right now. That's wow. To change cowboy hats or something to try to vial up this crowd. <laughs> um, so Tony, you are in the lead. Uh, with 30 points, um, I don't know. Maybe you need to get Kevin's contact information, and maybe he needs the Mercedes with your new PFN money. Uh, so, um, you know, maybe not your wife, but we'll see how all that shakes out. Anyway, uh, so it's time for two kind of wide-ranging questions. Now is the time to to be as, as sort of ambiguous, as vague as you want, as detailed as you want. It really is up to you. We're going to start on the positive side of the spectrum. What are we buying from training camp so far? You can pick anything. You can take any storyline, any headline, any data point, any piece of evidence you want, but something that has happened so far at camp, an idea, a play, a moment in time, something that you believe was the first building block of something that is real and going to come throughout the 2023 season. Tony, as our resident leader, you will go last. Sean, you are in last place, which means you are up first. What are you buying from training camp so far? I'm going to buy this pass offense be, you know, being viable to sustain a full season again. or If not again, then you know, for the first time in a long time, moving on now from Kellen Moore. I'm going to buy the deep passing game being something that's actually a part of Dak Prescott's you know, game plan and script. It just felt like so many deep balls, especially last year, were just kind of heat check type of throws, right? It was like, well, we're stuck in the mud here. 
I'm going to lob one up to our best player, CD Lamb. He might not even see the balls coming his way because it's not, you know, what we originally called. And we're just going to try this because we need to make a big play. Some of them still hit because, you know, the Prescott to Lamb connection is very strong. And a lot of them didn't. I'm going to buy that being a legitimate part of the scripted offense now. Everybody else that they have speed-wise on the outside being a part of that too. That's why we gave the the edge to Jalen Brooks over Simi Fajoko. These inside guys as well, you know, drag routes to guys like Jalen Tolbert. Just all of it in the past offense could be way more dynamic. Brandon Cooks, I, you know, look how long it took me just to mention Brandon Cooks there, who's a legitimate starter they can add to this past offense too. So I'm buying a complete makeover of this offense under McCarthy, Schottenheimer, and of course the new looks at receiver to give them a chance to actually have the type of passing attack that you need when you talk about all your other mainstay contenders. You know, the Bills, the Bengals, Chiefs all have dominant quarterbacks, dominant passing games. It's time we put Dak Prescott and the Cowboys right in that conversation, and I think they can beat him. Well, looky here, Sean. Kevin has given you five points. So, Tony, um, maybe you feel cheated on a little <laughs> bit here. It says, I think the pass game will be better too, but that is because Mike knows how to call a screen pass. Now, uh, what I will say to Sean's point um, like I said, I was in Oxnard with my friends from San Antonio Sports Star, and every offensive player we spoke to, uh, maybe you think it's a company line. I thought it was super interesting. I wrote about this. They all mentioned that they all understand the why of everything so much more than they have in the past, um, kind of the specific purpose of each particular play call, uh, why each player has the assignment they do, et cetera, et cetera. So, it sounds like from a knowledge standpoint, things are at a very different level than they were in the years past. That's not a slight against Kellen Moore. Uh, to your point, Sean, that just kind of speaks to Mike McCarthy and his influence. So let's get Sean his points from there. Uh, Sean, that was five points that has brought you up to 28. So you've taken the lead over Chris, which, you know, hey, we'll see what happens. Chris, you are up. Uh, what are you buying from training camp so far? I'm buying that the front office saw the weaknesses from last season and they really addressed them in this offseason leading up to training camp. I mean, think about the two position uh, groups that that uh, we really lacked in last year with wide receiver and cornerback. And we're looking really deep at those positions right now, I feel like. I mean, our our cornerback room is really deep with Eric Scott's coming in and he's playing great. And, and um, Stefan Gilmore, I think is having an immediate impact that can't be like, like not noticed. Like he's literally, he's leading by example. He's having that vet presence. He's really being a leader um, for the rest of the position group. And I think the same goes with Brandon cooks too. We, we really lacked a speedster in that wide receiver room last year. And Brandon cooks is, it seems like every highlight I see a deep ball to Brandon cooks in training camp. And I'm just loving that. So I think the front office deserves their flowers. And I'm buying that they really did view this as a win now season and that they had to go out and make moves and address what was wrong from last season. Um, I'm admittedly drinking a lot of the Kool-Aid uh, with those kinds of things, Chris. Uh, but I think there has been a, a tangible benefit to having both Brandon Cooks and Stefan Gilmore, not just in terms of what they bring on the field, but in terms of leadership. Um, and you can think that's hokey, you can think that's corny, um, but it's real. Um, you know, three years ago, I and I've mentioned this many times before. I thought the Cowboys bringing in Joe McCoy was similar to Mike McCarthy's Packers bringing in Charles Woodson, somebody who had been in the NFL, done some serious things, and you know, kind of needed to be a big brother presence um, to to a young kind of ragtag group of guys who who maybe needed a little bit of a push. Um, and I think that we've seen that effect happen. Um, Brandon Cooks and Stefan Gilmore are both highly accomplished players in the NFL. Uh, obviously, Stefan Gilmore has some serious hardware to his name, 
Uh, plus, they're both incredible football players. That is a very good answer, Chris Holling. Nobody gave you any points, though. So I know. I'm, I mean, <laughs> I mean, listen, Kevin, like, you know, I think Kevin's a cool name. You know, we could maybe, you know, you know, you know, throw me some points. You know, what's funny is I think Kevin has only given me negative points so far. I think he gave me negative to start off the uh, game with uh, with uh, wearing this jersey. So, Kevin has deducted points from you several times. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I know, know the uh, chat's being um, they're being awfully quiet right now towards me. But, you know, maybe I still have some time to win them over. Tony Catalina, you have the lead for the moment. What are you buying from training camp so far? Yeah, anytime you mention uh, Micah Parsons, it's going to feel like low-hanging fruit. But I'll tell you what, there's been at least two or three comments or moments over the last week or two that has completely, like, it almost gave me, like, chills to think about it, right? I'm going to kind of list them out here. For Mike McCarthy to talk about his practice and saying it might have been the most dominant practice he's ever seen from like anybody in any, like in his time in the NFL was like one of the most serious comments I've ever heard. And then secondly, I saw a comment where Micah Parsons was got ranked number nine in the top 100. And we know the top 100 doesn't mean anything, but just the look, the demeanor, and just like his attitude towards it was such like of disrespect and disgust that he couldn't possibly believe that there were eight people uh, in front of him. So I'm buying in the fact that I think Micah Parsons is the most, you know, unfathomable like the best defensive player in the entire nfl and i wouldn't speak like that and he's a cowboy so people are gonna say oh it's homerism i don't care i think micah parsons is the best defensive player in the league i think that we're about to see something that we is going to be like we're going to watch this very closely because this is going to be a type of performance from this guy this year that's going to be in rarefied air something that we probably talk about for years decades because the way his mindset is the way he's talking about it and and for the third thing he he didn't care about anything about money about his status. He, he he said, I want to be one of the greatest Hall of Famers of all time. And he wants to win a Super Bowl. And that's what, you know, he won't have to spend another dollar in this town if he wins the Super Bowl. Like Michael Parsons is literally taking like the book of what to say and how to say it. And, and I'm just completely sold on the guy. Um, I didn't catch video of it that day, uh, but a friend of blog and the boys, Bobby Belt did. Uh, there was a video of Micah Parsons with a single hand, just like throwing Tyron Smith to the ground. And, and, like we'll all admit that you know this is not peak prime Tyron Smith. Like it's not the you know level of impressiveness that it would be had this happened in like 2016. Um, but that doesn't happen. Like, can anyone name like anything that maybe Olivier Vernon like was the one dude who like had his way with Tyron Smith? Uh, so like, can can anybody like ever say they would have thought that Mike or that Tyron Smith would have had an Achilles heel like that, Tony? Yeah, so like obviously you guys know my brother played in the NFL offensive line. I sent him the video of it, and he was like, "That's like abnormal because Tyron Smith is always like the standard. Like you don't ragdoll Tyron Smith like that. Like nobody does that. That was absurd." Um. So Rick has uh, given you five points, Tony, for the take on Micah. Kevin has given you five points, Tony. Uh, says I have a good friend who was a Niners fan who said the same thing. Parsons is the best defender in the league. Chris, for what it's worth, Kevin gave you one point. Uh, so, uh, so you are uh, climbing the ranks, uh, as I hand out those points, uh, Tony, uh, uh, Sean, you mentioned, um, the 30 burger, uh, Tony has made it all the way to a 40 burger. So Tony's sitting on 40, Team 40 burger. I should have gotten uh, that t-shirt. I missed out. Yeah. On I think that Kevin bet the over on Tony's points. <laughs> that's why, and that's why he's doing this right now. <laughs> Chris and Sean, uh, both, um, tied, um, at 28. Um, I don't know whose opinion I think was the best here. Um, I mean, I think Tony's was kind of the weakest if I'm really assessing them. Like it's a good one. Don't get me wrong. But like, 
the take is i'm sorry i'm watching um the astros game and holy crap kyle tucker just hit a grand slam to take the lead in the top of the ninth Um, i have to tweet about this very quickly uh so sean you can talk i really don't care while you're tweeting i'm gonna make the pitch to the chat i'm gonna block getting it all astros talk on here Brian, that would have had the funniest section to... of the entire major league season last night. By yeah. the way, that was pretty great. If you guys saw that, if not, go watch how we got ejected. Brian, I, I, I need you to was... throw me some points in the chat. Come on, guys. Um, I'm sorry, that was just too incredible. Oh my gosh, that was sick. The Astros have been playing like crap this whole were night. Were they trailing and... when he hit the grand slam? Or... Um, what, what was that, Sean? Were they behind in the game when he hit the grand slam? Yeah, they were losing three to six, and it's the top of the ninth. And he oh, just that's did... nonsense. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's in Camden Yards. Uh, so I mean, it wasn't in left field, so it wasn't like that funny. Uh, but um... no, they pushed back though. I feel though, it used to be yeah, way too easy to hit a homer there. They changed it. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, it, like it would have been that would have made it just slightly more epic. Um, did by the way, I saw this a moment ago, and I didn't want to deter us because I don't know which one of you was making a great point that I definitely remember. Did you guys see the story about the Orioles um, announcer that was suspended yes. for saying the team sucked? I, um, I don't have the volume on the game, obviously. Uh, but uh, the crowd at Camden Yards chanted to free him. Uh, so that is really cool. Uh, that's that's super cool that like sports fans take stuff into their own hands like that. Uh, but speaking of, uh, Caleb has handed out five points to Chris just for fun. Hey. <laughs> so uh, and Kevin has said, Chris, if you're going to pander to us all, you have to all you have to do is tell us how awesome Parsons is. Michael Parsons uh, is going to win wrong. the Super Bowl MVP this year. But also, uh, Brian gave me plus five points as well. I don't want to. Uh, you did. Uh, he that. did. Yeah. Uh, it says Tony's so was good same. enough, and I'm super excited about Micah. But that was low hanging fruit. I have to give this friend to Chris. I agree with that completely. Uh, that's what I was saying, Tony. Like it was a I good answer. With it. I said low-hanging fruit to start my argument. <laughs> I said, uh, anytime you mention Michael Parsons, low-hanging fruit. I'm going to give five points to John Jones because uh, <laughs> John was the person who brought up Kyle Tucker. That was freaking incredible. Uh, so uh, that was sick. Uh, but, yeah, like, Tony, oh, your take is like, oh, I think the best player on the Cowboys is going to be really good this year. Like, no, effectively, that's no. what you said. No, uh, I said I said the best player on the Cowboys is going to be the best player in the league. Um, I, think, I think he's, like, I think this year is going to be – something we've never seen before and it's from a demeanor it's it's i don't want to say this because it's corny he hasn't won anything but it it's like that jordan-esque like disrespectful like oh i'm top 10 like that stuff that like i don't care about number nine and yeah i don't know it's just you could see where somebody talks like it's not for show it's not for acts and i know michael parsons is everywhere but it's just the way he said it i bought into it um again like like I don't want to say anything negative. It's been like, like the vibes are really good here. So I don't want to like rock the boat too much. Um, but I just, you know, I feel a little bit differently. That's all I'll say. Uh, Kevin, Chris has given you five points, uh, but also took away two again uh, for the um, the Swedish jersey that you have on. So I guess that's three. Um, Sean, you need to if, learn anything. Uh, it's that you need to beg for points because Chris has begged for so many that he has now taken the lead. Uh, he is in first place <laughs> with 41 I feel like points. we're in the Hunger Games right now, and we're trying to, like, gain favor from the capital. Yeah. And that's yeah. Like... Um, wow. Man, I, I'm not handing out points for that, but if I were, that would be – actually, I am going to hand out points. That was really clever, uh, Chris, so good job Thank by you. you. I'm going to give you uh, four points for that to take oh, you wow. up to an even Steven. 45, that is where we're at. Sean, you have a lot of work to do. Uh, Kevin offers that uh, Parsons is that dude um john is is super into the astros game again uh oh kevin has handed out five points for sean and chris awesome hats um, hey so, so tony, you're, you're getting left in the dust here uh tony where's his uh, hat um 
I don't know. I mean, look, you saw the, the, hat on you saw right the comment the same yeah. way I did. So yeah. uh, now, Tony, you're at 40. Oh, Sean, I didn't. Um, I don't know why they didn't update here. There you go, it's Sean. You're at, there at you 33. Go. And uh, Chris is at 50. Okay. No, you can't take back the points. Okay. Enough <laughs> with the fan. Uh, this is the end of the fan points for the moment here. Uh, Brian has, let's see, uh, given Tony three points for that take. So here we go. Let's get. Tony his three points. So Tony, you can feel loved. Give me five from my hat and we'll call nope. it even. <laughs> no. Uh Tony 43, Sean 33, Chris 50. That's where we're at. Good. Got it. Great. Um, all right. We have to go negative now. What are we not buying from camp so far? Remember that this is your last question. This is your last opportunity to impress not just myself, uh, not just the people watching. Some would say Kyle Tucker, who just said something incredible and heroic. Uh, but this has to be something that has happened. You can't just make something up and say you're not buying it. It has to be something that has happened, something that other people are buying, therefore something that you call hogwash on. Uh, so we will go in. Um, we'll, Sean, you are in last place. Sorry, we'll give you the advantage here. What are you not buying? Yeah, this one's kind of tough on the spot. It's been one of those like, you know, I mean, what do you mean on the spot? Always... I gave you the rundown like six hours ago. What are you talking about? <laughs> Was just did I just not see this on there? Okay, anyway. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say, you know, I'd go with rookie tight end Oksu Maker, who I know is battling some injury stuff, so maybe some of this isn't fair. But even through that, it seems like a lot of the fans and media are still expecting him to really factor into this team's passing game plans and be a factor. I'm starting to think he's a player that we're kind of gonna be putting on ice. And you know, tight end, I've seemed to kind of have this happen before where. They continuously look a year ahead. They don't necessarily need someone to immediately step up. So, yeah, there's a lot of pressure in replacing Dalton Schultz on just Jake Ferguson and Peyton Henderson. You would like to have the trio to potentially get it done. But, you know, with more reps for Ferguson and Henderson, that could be the plus side of that. So I'm going to go ahead and not buy this idea that we should really be putting much expectation on Luke Sumaker, who's just working his way now into practice and you know, hopefully some preseason games to follow as well. I'd love to be proven wrong. I'd love to see a lot from him and find some packages for him where he could contribute. But I really think the burden almost to 100% point of the tight end group is going to be on Peyton Henderson, Jake Ferguson, and Sumaker is the developmental guy waiting in the wings for 24 and beyond. Okay. Um, all right. So your thing is the like Luke Schoonmaker as a, as a whole, as a human. He had his first practice today, and Sean, you just like think that's stupid. Uh, so just to be very clear. Uh, what a day to have this be your answer. By the way, uh, Tony, just so you know, for your answer coming up in a little bit, uh, Caleb says, Tony has been winning too much recently. Got to knock him down every once in a while. Uh, so, Tony, you are in second place. That means you are up. What are you not buying from training camp so far? This will not be a popular answer, and I know that I'll probably get negative for this, but I'm right now I'm not buying the Deuce Vaughn story or hype. I, I just don't. I need to see it. His stature, his size. I <laughs> Dante Fowler like threw him away like it was nothing on a pass protection. And I understand that you, they say really good positive things. I know he's shifty, he's fast, and everybody wants the small running back to really work out. And they talk about Darren Sproles because the Kansas State connection, and he's 42, 43. There's a lot of parallels in in like the that side of things, but I don't know. It's a it's an uphill battle, right? Because Cavante Turpin's got a lock on kick return, punt return. You know, Malik Dow, you know, Malik, Rico Dow, Tony Pollard. You know, we're talking about guys that are in front of them. Now, I would love to see some gadgety type things. And I, obviously, I could be shut up really quick on Saturday if he goes out there and, and kills it. But 
I, I have as a short man myself who's not tall at all, like I have my reservations about what his his ability is and where the limitations are. And I, I know it's a fun story and I know the whole thing with his dad makes it a really easy guy to root for, but I think we need to temper our expectations. It it's it's honestly absurd a little bit for a six round guy who is has the obvious limitations that he does. Wow. Um, did you see him hide behind Tyron Smith on the screen? <laughs> I saw yeah, I saw Tyron Smith moving. That's what I was impressed with. Tyron Smith. Dude's was back there somewhere. If the defense can't if we can't say the defense can't <laughs> Um, wow, Tony with the like ultra wet blanket take. Um, okay, so let's catch up a little bit here. I actually liked um, to set maybe Chris up a little bit. We'll see here. Uh, I like Joey's uh, comment says we're not buying enough of the Mike McCarthy changes to this offense and him calling plays. That's a fair one to have. I don't agree, but that's a fair take. Um, Sean, I'm really sorry because Brian gave you five points for the Luke Schoonmaker uh, take that you just had. Um, he said that he noted last week that this has an IR stash vibe to it, and I'm sorry because Kevin removed five points from you, so those washed out. Um, noting that Schoonmaker is a second round pick, so he needs to be able to play right now. Um, Tony, in response to your Deuce Vaughn take, Joey says that is like saying you hate puppies. Um, so tough scene there. Uh, Kevin deducted. Kevin has just gone full heel for you, Tony Catalina. Uh, deducted five points uh, and says that is why we need Zeke because nobody on the team can pass block. Um, so. Uh, I think that that is um, the lay of the land as far as points are concerned. So, Sean, like I said, yours washed out. Tony, you had five removed. This is where we're at with Chris Halling set up for the final question of the night. Um, you see the score, Chris. You basically just have to, you know, pass go and collect $200, and this thing is yours. What are you not buying from training camp so far? I'm not buying the, the um, media narrative that Dak Prescott is the only QB who throws interceptions around the league. It's every single throw that Dak Prescott makes. It's it's just so criticized, and there's just such a microscope on him. It's going to happen in training camp. There's going to be some mistakes. This is when you iron out those things. And there's this big narrative going around right now that he's throwing all these interceptions. I mean, look at the secondary he's going up against. He's going up against the best ball hawker in the league in Trayvon Diggs. He's got a tough defense to go up against right now. And, you know, he's giving these young guys opportunities. So, you know, like there are going to be some risks in that factor. So I'm not buying the fact that Dak is just throwing all these interceptions. I think he's going to have a huge bounce back year this upcoming season. And I think that interception uh, number will actually be in the single digits like he predicted. Um, Chris, I got to be honest. I like your answer the least um, mm -hmm. because um, look, was the Dak Trayvon thing blown up out of stupid levels of proportion? Absolutely. Like we all agree. Is Dak Prescott overly criticized? Absolutely. Completely agreed. Um, Rick uh, has handed, I think this was meant for you, uh, Chris, five points for the take on the media. So Rick is going to give you five points. Um, I, he wrote Sean. Sorry, Sean. Uh, you know what I mean? Just, yeah. I got to be fair. Uh, but uh, Chris, uh, Brian has taken five points away. So that's a national media. Brian, looking come for on, click, man. Uh, looking for clicks. And then Kev, so you were at a push uh, so far, Chris. Kevin has also taken five away. Says uh, I got a plus five too. So it's another wash. Um, Caleb gave me plus five uh that's true uh so you're even steven says that's an easy plus five for the dac take the star tax is so annoying to deal with look i agree with all of you that the and star, plus that's five a, from richard okay fine so you're five up you're five up actually uh kevin has also taken oh my goodness <laughs> so uh chris you've you've pushed out so far um okay. i agree that there is a star tax i like that phrase um so well done in that sense caleb I think we as a fan base have gone too far with it. It's it's actually become annoying to see random tweets that are like, oh, 
Lamar Jackson threw three picks in practice. I I bet that's going to be the headline tomorrow or like, I don't know, today, uh, like, I, I mean, Al Harris was John with whoever, like, and people are like, oh, this is going to be the headline on, you know, undisputed tomorrow. Enough. All right. Like enough, like crying foul, enough playing the victim. All right. Like it is what it is. Like we don't have to keep whining and complaining about it. Like we're actually feeding into it by doing that. So I agree with the like general premise here but we've taken the like issue too far and we've now become overly sensitive as a result of it. Is that, or Tony, you had your hand raised. I'm going to say, I mean, I couldn't possibly agree more. Like, honestly, like I think the one way to stop it is to stop feeding it. Right. That's how you get things to stop growing. Like the whole, you know, the people that came in today, the national guys that came in today and did it for the whole song, you know, the pony show and the, you know, so I, if you feed it, it's going to grow. So I, I, I couldn't care less. Dak could throw, you know, a hundred interceptions and it wouldn't change my perception of how I feel about this season. Like it's, it's just how it goes. Like, Oh, okay. So if he, if he torches the secondary, people are going to say Trayvon Diggs is bad. Look at the conversation with Simi Vahoko last year. And Simi Vahoko beats him on one deep ball. And we don't know if Simi's going to even make the team this year. So it's like, it's all overblown. It's yeah. I think the Cowboys have a star tax. I love that. Actually, that was awesome. But, um, it just comes with the territory. We cover, we are fans of the most polarizing sport uh, team in, in all of sports. So you know, we got to either just buckle up and just deal with it or or choke it out and not deal with it at all. Yeah, I think like when we make it an effort to like overhype the credit the deck rightfully deserves, we like incite this sort of thing. Um, so that's my take on this. Uh, for what it's worth, uh, Kevin has given five points to Tony for the take. Um, wow, this, this is getting a little dicey here at the end. Um, and Rick has also given five points to Tony. This was your question, Chris. Uh, so, um, but Chris, you did push at the end of all things, um, you know, with all that crazy kind of point tabulation, uh, the ballots are closed. And, uh, even though I didn't like your final point a whole lot, Chris, I I'm very fond of you, except for your you know garment tonight, um, <laughs> tonight's score, Tony Catalina, 48 points, Sean Martin, 33 points, Chris Holling, an even Steven 50, which means tonight our roundtable winner is, in fact, Chris Halling. John Jones with the important note, the Astros won. What a beautiful <laughs> and wonderful win. Chris Halling, congratulations. How are you feeling? Feeling great. I think the last three roundtables I've been on, I've won. So I'm kind of on a little hot streak right now. I'm not, you know, I, hey, listen, credit to all the other people on this roundtable. But, you know, there, you know, there's only one winner and it's got to be me when I'm on. So. Sean, when you volunteered for tonight's roundtable, you um, you know, had a bit, bit of a you know kind of pompous remark. You said, "I'm coming to win," and then Chris actually kind of humbled you and was like, well, "Last time you were there, I won." Um, and, and Chris lived that out to fruition. So, are you regretting talking trash uh, prematurely, Sean? No, I even tried to play cool while you know being down most of the night because usually when I lose these, it's in comeback fashion. You know, usually, I <laughs> I have a lead early and then somebody comes back at me, so I'm like, you know what? Maybe yeah, you're the Orioles, out. right? Yeah, right, exactly. Well, <laughs> maybe this is playing out just how I need it. Like you know, I'm going to come from behind too, but too little, too late there at the end. Uh, you know, great job by all you guys and Chris. Uh, you know, you backed up your talk on that, much like fans are expecting the Cowboys to do. So um tony um i'm sure your your hopes were were kind of fluttering there you know what i mean with the back and forth math with the that late surge. Sketchy, yeah the <laughs> the late 10 points you got to close the gap i'm sure you were kind of mentally doing like how far am i behind did i make up enough ground whatever blah blah yeah. um are you feeling heartbroken because i think chris would enjoy it if you were 
Well, you know, Caleb Caleb wanted me humbled. He wanted me knocked down a peg, and, and that's what happened. So, you know, there you go, Caleb. Congrats. Uh, well, if you want to feel kicked when you're down, Tony, Brian offers. Uh, I think Chris earned this one. Tony brought the fire, but Chris edged him out. Great job, Chris. Uh, Chris, you should walk tall. I mean, you really did earn this. Although you you did kind of stand in the fire at the end. Nobody really agreed with you. I know. It's so crazy to me. I thought I was going to blow a 12-point lead because I was supporting <laughs> Dak Prescott. Like, you know, and like I thought that that would maybe help me out. But no, I mean... I mean, I think that everyone did a great job. I do feel like I won kind of two on one. I beat both Tony and Kevin, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, a win is a win. So I'm, you know, you, oh, you know, had Caleb people. on your team. <laughs> I did have Caleb on my team too, you know, <laughs> but you know, I mean, at the end of the day, um, we're all great. And, you know, I'm really happy to be sharing this and being able to talk Cowboys with you guys. So, well, congratulations to Chris. Congratulations to Sean, Tony. You hung out. Um, congratulations Always. to all of us because we made it to football season. The Dallas Cowboys will, in fact, play a game on Saturday. We'll, of course, have you covered all throughout the blog and the boys universe. Everybody follow these dudes all over social media. Uh, and everybody have a great week. That's really what we want more than anything else. So, Tony, are you raising your hand to say something? No, yes, I was, was giving right? everybody peace, you know. Turn on a new leaf. Tony doesn't need to make sounds anymore. <laughs> what is, are you chunking up the deuces or are we taking a, a picture for our MySpace profiles in 2009? Yeah. Like, what's, screenshot it. Yeah. Um, I think Tony has to make a puppy noise because of the puppy comment earlier. Um, how it was like saying he didn't like puppies because he didn't I like, like I like the spirit of that, Tony. Um, actually, ooh, Tony, this is this is tough. Uh, Rick, yeah, Rick says called you, me. Yeah, yeah Brett Rick, Maher. Jeez. Rick says you lost because you missed two extra points. Um. Wow. Sean's and disappearing right in front of our eyes. Brandon uh, says that there are a few hanging chats to be accounted for. Brandon Laurie, uh, of course, uh, one of Chris's co-hosts on the new edition or the new version of the writer's block. Um, the hanging chats. That's one of those phrases or expressions. You don't know. Like you don't learn what that means until you're like 18 years old. Uh, I so, still don't know what that means. I'm sorry. It's like, Maybe you I'm know, sure. the, you know, like the ballots where you poke the holes like a Scantron. Oh the, yeah. It's, yeah. It's like the little thing little little round thing it's okay. like when it when it doesn't fall out and it's like hanging it i remember that episode about that on how i met your mother because uh because uh um what's his name uh ted ted would always wear that every halloween and they talked yeah. about that yeah. that's a hanging chad yeah. uh tony we want you to hang some chad for us here uh why don't you tell us your favorite kind of puppy you don't have to make a sound just tell us your favorite kind please i grew up at a chocolate lab so i love labs as a whole i'm a big lab guy now make a sound to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals you can just use hubspot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier imagine this high quality leads fast closing deals wildly happy customers and more benchmark breaking quarters it's not a miracle it's hubspot visit hubspot.com to get started today